You are now listening to Raise the W, recorded at the School of Communication inside the Hickey Audio Lab on the beautiful campus of Western Michigan University. Come aboard and hear the people, stories, and impact of Western Michigan University. Here's your host, Tim Tarantine. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Raise the W, a podcast where we talk about all of the great points of pride and impact and influence that Western Michigan University, its staff, its faculty, its students, and its alum are making on and around the world. Today, we're here to talk about a topic that all of us have experienced, yet very few of us know much about. And that, of course, is aviation. We're lucky today to have on the podcast with us Captain David Powell. He was dean of our College of Aviation, uh, has a beautiful campus right down the street in Battle Creek, Michigan, and in several other places around the country. Captain Powell, welcome aboard the podcast. Very glad to be here. Good to have you, sir. Now, before we get into this great college where we nationally compete for first place every year, let's talk about you. (laughs) What is it about aviation that captured your attention? Why did you go into this field? What is it? Why aviation? Well, you know, when I was a kid, I kind of grew up a little financially challenged. I, uh, Lived in an 8-by-32-foot trailer until I was in college and didn't realize that people had money to have their own car. And so um, I always wanted to travel, so I got away from my life through books. And so uh, living pretty close to an airport on my uncle's farm, I could see airplanes flying over top all the time. And I'm thinking, here I'm reading these books, and these people are going out and living what I would like to do. And so for my time, I kind of invested my own world into seeing the world. I don't know how many times I've been around the world, but I've been around at least 100 times if I've been around once. Um, I was an international pilot for United Airlines at one time and yeah. before I came here and got to see things I'd only dreamed about and read about and really had the imagination to make my own dreams come true. That sounds kind of corny, but very much true. And in yeah. this world, and particularly in the United States, you can do that. So um, it, it's not a sad story. That's a great story. That's kind of a fun story for sure. me. And, you know, my life, I think, as your life should be, should be fun all the time. And, yeah. um, you know, at my college, I go by Dave. I don't go by Dean Powell or Captain Powell or Hey Jerk or something worse. But uh, <laughs> yeah. sometimes you get a little bit of all of it. I get it. But um, my job is to facilitate and to really let the students that have entrusted their future and their dreams into me and our college. And yeah. so uh, as silly as this sounds and as simple as it sounds, I really try to help them make their dreams come true just like I was able to. First time that you sat down in a cockpit, what did that feel like? <laughs> Take us back there. Freedom. Um, I grew up in Scottsdale, Arizona uh, a long time ago. and Before my, my, it was the retirement <laughs> it really was. of the world. Huh? Yeah, you know, it was, it was us poor white kids and, and all minorities out there before it became yeah. this I don't know what it's become. I get lost driving through there anymore. And I used to ride my little mini bike all through it wow. and dove hunt with a gun on my back, which today, you know, you get arrested if you saw somebody <laughs> running around like that. But when yeah. I was a kid, that was kind of what you did. But um, growing around Phoenix was just a beautiful place. And in yeah. the summertime, I was an Air Force ROTC cadet. And so to go to pilot training, you had to fly for 20 hours. And the, the Air Force was very willing to give me 20 hours to go uh, go play. I guess. Wow. Uh, you know, I, I gain, I've been gainfully employed about 40 years of my life, and I've never worked a day of it. So I'm not sure that's good or bad, but it's been yeah. fun for me. Um, so got to go sit down the first time, and you slid this canopy back, and you kind of go on, 
hey, baby, this is not bad. I can't sing a lick. So this yeah. is as close as I get to be a rock star and doing things that people pay me to do was yeah. flying airplanes. So, you know, yeah. it's uh, as silly as it sounds, it's always been fun. And it's, uh, you know, life should be lived. I, I don't want to be a spectator. I want to be a fulfiller of dreams. And you got to fulfill your own first before you can fulfill anybody else's. So sure. aviation opened the door for me. And it uh, was a good time. So from there, I went to, after I graduated from Arizona State, mm-hmm. um, I went into the Air Force and was lucky enough to end up being a, an instructor pilot in a supersonic airplane. So my students graduate with their 225 hours or so flying a you know, prop airplane that does about 170 knots. I graduated from pilot training with my 225 hours flying a supersonic aircraft. So, you know, it's a... And how fast do those things go? They do about uh, about 1.2 Mach. So that's, you know, ballpark is, you know, 700, 750 miles an hour. So pretty quick. I like that. And then from there, I went to be a fighter pilot in the Air Force. Um, flew a couple different airplanes, A-10s, Warthogs. I don't know if you've ever seen those or not. Yeah, sure. I like that instant gratification because, you know, as soon as you pull the trigger and you you Something fired out these bullets and the world blows up. You push a button and bombs come off of it and the world blows up even bigger. It was fun. Then I flew the A-7 and the F-16, which was pretty cool, and went off to the airlines um, because the Air Force told me I couldn't fly anymore. Uh, they wanted me to be promoted and do all these other things, and I thought, you know, I, you it sounds terrible. But I just wanted to fly. You know, I'd, I've never really liked authority because they always want to take things away from me, and now I am one. I'm not sure what that means. But I think that's why I still we like to have fun. got a department here that can help you talk about yeah. that. We'll that <laughs> exactly. So, you know, life should be should be enjoyable. You should be able to live your dreams. And I think um, too many people live their lives without thinking about that. Yeah. And so I think aviation, and I keep looking at the students in this room, thinking you should be aviation people as well. <laughs> I can help you. Yeah. You know, come well, you're certainly too. preaching the gospel of aviation. <laughs> I, I want to hear more about it. Let's talk about aviation as an industry to kind of set the context sure. for why our school is so significant in this industry. From, what, what are the biggest differences in this industry from when you started to where your students are walking into today? What is sure. that? Sure. You know, aviation is really interesting if you think about it. It's only a little over a hundred year old profession. It started out really in, in 1903. Sounds, you know, with familiar. And so um, for aviation with the Wright brothers, for me, not that I was flying at this time, but when I was growing up watching what was going on, you had the Mercury astronauts going up. And each one of those rockets that took these seven, you know, very courageous and, and brave men up into the into the skies, into the into space for the first time for the United States, those rockets put out 89,000 pounds of thrust. So I'm not sure what a thrust equates to, but it had 89,000, which sounded like a lot to me. And then the last airplane I flew as a captain at United Airlines was a 777. And so this was an international airplane, two engines. Each one of those engines put out 90,000 pounds of thrust. So in my little short lifetime, between the beginning of the century till about the mid-90s, I guess, when I started flying this aircraft, the transition was so tremendous. And so now I look at what my future students and graduates are going to have. They're going to see the same type of you know, technology transition aviation again. So we used to fly supersonically. That went away. Now it's coming back again because now they can make it you know, cost effective. And so the ability to, to, to travel and experience the world is getting so the world becomes smaller again because of the speed of the aircraft. So you're flying at 2.2 Mach. So you're flying close to, you know, 1,700 miles an hour. Um, a little bit faster than my wife drives on a freeway. Not much, but a little bit. <laughs> so um, that type of thing that you can do and see and experience firsthand and, and get to control it. I remember the very first time when I was taxing a 747 and, and my wife was meeting me at the airplane yeah. and at the airport, 
And she goes, boy, you're a little bitty pea head. I can see that up there. And you're in charge of this great big old airplane with 418 people in it and 19 flight attendants and, you know, four of us pilots. And it's like, yeah, that's me. That's pretty cool. So uh, the transitions and the things that you're going to see in aviation that makes it so significant now is, I don't know if many of you understand, I, I, I don't come from the world of academia. I'm an ex- chief pilot for United Airlines. Yeah. Uh, I'm a business guy, and I just happen to run a, a business, and it happens to be collegiate aviation. And so when I was there, I spent about 11 years hiring pilots. I was in charge of how we selected and brought in the, the, the future employees, the future pilots for United Airlines. And so I got to see students come in from the very beginning because I was in charge of the, the application, actually, then bringing sure. them in the door. I was an instructor in our training center. I was also the new hire manager. So when the new pilot came to me, I got to do that. Then as a chief pilot, all the pilots worked for me. We had about 10,500 pilots when I was there when I when I graduated yeah. and came here. And so I got to see the lifespan of somebody coming in all the way through the end. And so I'm the only ex-airline executive running a collegiate aviation program in this country. So it doesn't mean I've got all the answers by any means, so don't misunderstand this. But what it does do is give me a vision of how to help transition our students to be successful in the industry. Yeah. So again, that's why I don't want to be a stuffed shirt to them. Um, I just want to be a resource to them. Well, let's let's stay right there, Captain Powell. What what are we offering in the College of Aviation for those who haven't visited or are listening today, and this is kind of their introduction to the college. When a student graduates, what are the fields we're training them to go into in that field? Well, we're not more just a flight school. We have three yeah. programs. So flight is the obvious one. That's what you see all the time because the airplanes are buzzing over the top of your head. But we also have a very significant management and operations program. So uh, airport managers, uh, really anybody that manages any type of procedure inside of an airline or really anything that's aviation-related, manufacturers of airplanes, uh, people that sell airplanes, is the second big program. The third program we have are maintenance technicians. So somebody that wants to go out and work on cars, that is an easily translatable skill set for airplanes. And again, if you decide to work for an airline, even though I've been gone from the airlines for 13 years, I still get to fly free. And so if you still want to travel after you, you leave that profession, you can still enjoy it. Wow. So those graduates, interestingly enough, not only do they fix airplanes, but <laughs> I guess I'm still a big kid at heart. And so I, I really still enjoy going to Disneyland and Disney World and you know places that you can <laughs> get on a very high-speed roller coaster. And if you think about it, you've got a very high-speed, very technologically advanced, very, very tight parameters of a machine operating and guess what they need to do that with you need mechanics very highly skilled mechanics and if you look at all the windmill generators around michigan because there's a lot of them coming up particularly in the middle of the state right now that's just a great big propeller and guess who fixes propellers mechanics okay technicians and so uh, we have a lot of our graduates not only doing airplane work but doing work at amusement parks and working on wind generation so it's uh you name it, people can do it coming out of our college, which is really exciting, I think, for, for all of us. And when as we come out of the college, there's a state of affairs in this industry that I don't think most of us understand, partly because we can all still go get a flight sure, and everything's good and most of the delays are silly, but they're all right. Um, but, <laughs> Creeping but delays. There's a real, we've hit a tipping point, a, a critical mass in the field of aviation, have we not? True. We really, truly have. Um I've been gainfully employed, like I said, about 40 years in aviation. And right now, the need for qualified managers and technicians and pilots has never been as great as it is today. Um, We generate for pilots. Let me just talk about that. So for every pilot that we need, for every five pilots that we need, you need six technicians to keep the airplanes operating. 
And so today there is just this need that has never existed in the magnitude it has now. Right now, collegiate programs like us really are the places where, the, where you get pilots and mechanics at. And for pilots, I can tell you that we're producing about, for all of the collegiate programs in the country, about 26, 2,700 pilots a year. The need today is for about 5,000. So today there are airplanes parked in America because there's not enough pilots to fly these airplanes. And this is the first part of the shortage because people my age are, are coming out of the program and, sure. and transitioning into retirement. And so these people need to be replaced. So that's just for that, let alone the expansion that we're talking about. So let me give you a quick lesson in, in history or statistics. I'm not sure quite which is the right answer. But in America, there's about 330 million people in the, in the country. In the next 20 years around the world, there is going to be about 2 billion people transitioning from lower class because of the technologies and the way the world is evolving into the middle class. And guess what happens when you move into the middle class? You, you want to travel. And you want to travel by airplanes because you want to get there quickly. And so you look at the needs right today. You, you take a snapshot today and you look at it's 20 years from now. The number of aircraft flying commercially is going to double wow. to handle this transition. So today we can't keep up with just the normal retirements. Imagine what it's going to be like for the next 20 years when aviation doubles the airplanes in the sky. So the needs for pilots, mechanics, and people that manage wow. all this is really just going to get ready to explode. And that's kind of what we're experiencing in our college, that the increase in our enrollment is very unique and very you know, fulfilling. Right? It is, about 5% per year right now. And that's because we're kind of holding it back, which takes us into another level is we are opening up another program in Florida to handle some of this need. So we yeah. are very good at, at training people from the Northeast, but the quality of our program is such that we get a lot of requests from the regional airlines that people where our graduates go to that can you produce any more? Well, really, truly up here, it's kind of hard to do because we've got something called weather. Um, right. And so, which is a good thing for a pilot. You need to learn how to do it, but <clears throat> it also inhibits the amount of flying that we can do. So Florida opens up a different opportunity for us. And so it's still going to be us at a satellite location training primarily local students, but we're going to transition our students down and back and forth so we can experience summertime um, conditions for Michigan in our wintertime in Florida, and the people in Florida can come up here and experience some of the challenges that weather presents, which makes a better pilot. Sure. Outstanding. So i got to get you out of here, but before I do, I want to just kind of cast a vision. I'm going to get you back to talk about the full right. project and the, the the exciting things you have going at aviation. But because of the demand, because of all the students who want to be in aviation who can't, because we're constantly named among the top three programs in the country, right. and because we want to diversify this industry, we have to expand at the College of Aviation. Would you just give me the 45-second commercial on the expansion that we're thinking and through sure. and building right now <clears throat> at the College of Aviation? Yeah, it, we truly are. We are busting at the seams. And so not only are we expanding in Florida, but we also will break ground one year from now um, for a $22 million expansion at our Battle Creek facility. So we have about a 16,000 square foot building right now that we teach the academics in. That's going to go up to uh, 67,000 square feet by the end, or the, actually the middle of 19, 2019. Yeah. To handle the needs and the and the requests for all of the, the, the incoming students that we have. So it's an exciting time it to is. be a Sky Bronco. That's right. I'm going to have to talk to you know President Dunn about that. So I keep teasing about it. it's a great day to be a Sky Bronco. Well, we are planes, trains, and automobiles. <laughs> Broncos do it all. We really do, and we do it with finesse, and we do it with expertise. That that's really truly um, needed by those in the industry, and that's really what we do a really good job of is preparing our 
our young graduates to get jobs. What Absolutely. a novel concept. And so we are truly, like you said, the most uh, desired graduates for our flight training and for technician training as well as managers, which is a nice thing to do. But we do it with the most advanced technology of any program in the country. So when you talk about flight, um, we talk about Michigan, we talk about the United States, but the sophistication of what we have compared to all the other countries in the world really kind of looks up to America to do that. So when we tell you that we're the, the finest, it sounds braggy, I get it, but it, we're the finest, most technologically advanced collegiate program in the country, it really means the world because that really is what aviation is based on, is what is you know, kind of led by in America. Wow. So, Captain Powell, it's been cool. great having you on the podcast today. Thank you for coming, and thanks for all you're doing over there uh, at the College of Aviation. Trust me, it's my pleasure. So, folks, if you want to hear more about what's going on at the College of Aviation or to get more information about this podcast or anything else going on at your alma mater, our university, go to mywmu.com slash raise the W. Captain Powell's story and more information and links to the College of Aviation and how you can help today help make those opportunities available for our students are right there on the website. Thank you, Captain Powell. Thank you, Bronco family, for listening today. And, of course, raise the W. Thank <laughs> you.